Well, people of God, on this most special of nights, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. About a week and a half ago, we got our first batch of measurable snowfall for the season here in our little corner of the world. Now, yes, back in October, we got some snow, but that came and went very quickly. This was the first time that we really got a lot of snow that definitely affected things. Now, if you remember this, you know that it actually came blowing in overnight on a Friday into a Saturday. And in addition to the snow that came about overnight, there was also a lot of drizzly rain throughout quite a bit of the day, which then froze, and it just made a great big mess. Now, what is important about this is that I had things that I had to accomplish on Saturday morning that day, the next morning after. And a lot of them were pretty pressing because unfortunately, the day before, we'd had a fender bender in my household and I was trying to, to uh, get a lot of the stuff wind up, dealt with, so that we could start to get that behind us. And of course, the sooner the better when you're dealing with a situation like that. But the other thing that was going on that also threw a little bit of a monkey wrench in this whole situation, my daughter had decided to spend the night with a friend Friday night into Saturday. And we had to get her picked up mid-morning on Saturday because the other family had things going on. Now, this particular friend actually lives out in the country, out on the gravel in the hills. And if you're familiar with winter roads, snowy roads, snowy gravel roads here in the upper Midwest, you know that that's not always the most fun thing to deal with. And I discovered this as soon as I turned off of the main road off onto the gravel. And I noticed how deep the snow was. The plows had not come through yet. Of course, with the, the, the rain that had fallen and iced up, that was underneath all this, this snow. So we had deep, thick snow slushy ice underneath, and I drive a car that doesn't have a whole lot of clearance. You probably see where this is going. As I turned off of the highway onto the, the gravel road, I instantly thought to myself, this isn't going to end well. I'm going to get out here into the hills, and I'm going to get stuck. I'm going to lose momentum, and I'm not going to be able to get out of here. Well, over the course of the next couple of minutes, I did get to the house where my daughter was. I got her picked up. First warning sign, it actually took us a couple of minutes to then get turned around and get back out of the yard. I should have known then something was up. But then I turned and I came back and I tried to get out. I tried to get back to the main road to get off the gravel and I got so close, so close. I was coming up this little hill and I was almost to the peak of it when gradually my momentum ran out and I just couldn't move any farther. With that, I thought, well, I could always try to go the opposite direction. So I managed to carefully back down the hill to the intersection where I could turn around again. And I went the other way past the friend's house. And the other direction, if you're familiar with this part, with, with the local area, you might know exactly where I'm talking about. But it's very hilly. And the opposite direction was probably even worse than the first direction I tried to go. And it wasn't long before I found myself utterly stuck in the middle of the road, trying to get up a hill that I had no possible way of getting up. I was stuck. I couldn't do anything. But the whole time, until that moment, I was just stressing out beyond belief, just thinking to myself, oh, I have to, I have to get there. I, it, just please don't let me get stuck. I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I have things going on. Please, please, please just let me get through this. I can't deal with this right now. Well, of course, as I mentioned, I got stuck. 
And it wasn't long before I discovered or that I realized, well, I'm really close to a member's house. It's actually the person who takes care of our parking lot. So you know he's got a great big truck. And I called him up and I said, hey, I'm stuck and I'm only about a mile from your house. And he says, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I know where you're at. Sit tight, I'll come get you. And he brought his truck and he got me pulled out and, and uh, back to the main road. And I tell you, it wasn't more than about five minutes after I was driving around normally and I was out of this super stressful situation that I realized, hey, that's worth, that's worth laughing about. In the end, it wasn't that big of a deal, but in the moment, I was so, so stressed out. Now, I bring all this up, I share all of this because I think maybe, just maybe, in a tiny, tiny way, that experience that I had of being so stressed in the moment of, please let me get through this, please don't happen now, please don't let this worst possible thing happen, maybe I share something with one of our one or two of our characters that we have from the Christmas story tonight. Now, as we do every year, we have shared in the Christmas story. And maybe, like me, you find this story very, very familiar because we have it so often. There's all these different people at this specific point in history. And what I think is important for us to remember about all of this is that this isn't just some story. This isn't just some fable. This isn't just some poem or something that we tell our kids, but that this was a real event that actually happened, or I should say a lot of real events that all happened at the same time to bring this story together. Now, we've got the Roman emperor, and he decides, you know what would be really great? We should have a census. Not that he cares how many people are out there in the empire. He just wants to raise some taxes. And so he institutes this, this uh, census. And now all over the Roman Empire, that affects everyone, including in the area that we know as Israel. We also call it the Holy Land. And this small Galilean carpenter named Joseph, and he discovers or he determines or he realizes because of all this, I have to travel to my ancestral home, which is like 100 miles away. And not only do I have to go, but my fiance, the one who is betrothed to me, has to come too. Now, you may know these two individuals, Joseph and Mary. And what we know about Mary in this moment is that Mary is nearing the end of her pregnancy. Now, nine months before this, Mary had been approached by an angel named Gabriel who said, greetings favored one, you will have found favor with God. You are going to become pregnant and the one who you will bear will be the son of God. He will be holy, it will be of the Holy Spirit. So she knows about this. And then you can only imagine what Joseph might have thought. You know, they weren't married yet. They were betrothed, but they weren't married. You can only imagine what the rest of the town and the community thought because, hey, a little something's going on here. We don't know quite what's happening, but she's pregnant and that doesn't seem right. So they've probably faced a lot of turmoil over the course of, of most of the year. And now when she's nearing the end of her pregnancy, she has to travel with Joseph a hundred or so odd miles to a, a community that she doesn't know with people that she doesn't know in order to go through this official census. And I can only imagine from the moment they departed Nazareth, this, this small, tiny town up in the north, to go to the south, to go to Bethlehem, which is where they had to go. I can only imagine the entire time, probably Joseph as well, but Mary had to have been thinking, please, Lord, don't let this, don't let my baby come while we're gone. Just let us get there and let's do what we have to do and then let's get home. Please don't let this happen while I'm in the midst of this. I can't happen. That would be the worst thing that could possibly happen. But as we know from the story, that's exactly what happens. 
They get to Bethlehem. Countless other people are there. So many people in town that the only place they can find to, to lay their heads down and rest is in some little corner of a stable or a little corner where they keep the livestock in most of the houses. They, st they, they lay themselves down there. And sure enough, in the midst of all this, I can't imagine it's super restful. Now it's time for the baby. And the baby is born. Now keep in mind, Mary is a very young girl, young teenager. She's with her, her betrothed, but they're not yet married. She's in a house that she doesn't know, with people that she doesn't know, in a place that she doesn't know. And for the first time, she's having a baby, away from her family, away from everything comfortable, away from everything familiar. I can only imagine how terrifying that was. But then the baby is born. And as they try to rest and they try to relax, they lay the baby Jesus in the only place where they can, in the manger. Now, you would think that that would be the end of this particular little part of the story, but there's other people involved too. A bunch of shepherds who are outside the city. It's nighttime. Their flocks are all bedded down. I'm sure they're just leaning on their staff or sitting around a campfire just trying to stay awake. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, this angel shows up with all this heavenly light around him, and he says, greetings. I bring you great tidings of, of, of great joy, good tidings of great joy. Born to you this day in the city of David is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Go, you will find him there. That will be the sign for you. You will find that the Messiah is born, and the sign for it is because you'll find a baby who's been born. Hey, the sign that the Messiah is born is that the Messiah has been born. Isn't that kind of funny? As they stand there, I'm sure, trying to pick their jaws up off the ground, then all of a sudden a whole bunch more angels show up and they're singing Gloria in excelsis Deo. Don't know why the angels were singing Latin, but they were. But anyway, you know, that's what's going on. So this is probably freaking them out. But then the angels depart and, and the shepherds are like, well, what do you think? Should we go check it out? I think we should go check it out. That sounds kind of cool. Let's do it. Should we do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So they get up in the middle of the night. They probably leave all of their flocks with them. Probably not the super most convenient thing that they could do but they go off into town and they search around and they search and they search and they search and finally they find where Mary and Joseph are and sure enough there's the baby and it's just like the angel has said and they're amazed and they tell everybody what has happened and the people who are all there are amazed and Joseph's amazed and Mary is amazed and they're all treasuring it and they're all glorifying God and it's wonderful and it's great and it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing and then they all go back off to the fields and everyone they bump into they tell can you imagine what's going on can you believe what's happened we the angel sh showed up to us and it was crazy and it was strange and it was wonderful and it was scary and all of that but it's true and here's the baby and he's born and it's wonderful they glorified everything and we hear that Mary treasures this in her heart I can only imagine she was kind of tired maybe treasured in her hearts a little bit much but hey when we look back with hindsight maybe she did all of this is going on but for all of these different people in all of their own experiences and all of what's happening in their own situations they're all bringing their own their own ideas, their own thoughts, their own expectations, their own experience, all into this moment, and it all combines together. And for no one involved in this, is this whole situation easy. But that's the story. And so as we think about it, what can we pull from it as we encounter it again this year? Now, folks, if you've, heard me, uh, if you've heard me preach on this passage before in past Christmases, usually I talk about how we all bring our own experience. Just like the individuals that happened in that moment brought their experience, we bring our own. And we are different than we were the previous time we heard it. 
We have all had our own unique experiences over the course of the year that, that shape how we understand it, how we hear it, what seems significant, what seems calm, what seems familiar, what seems strange. All of that is different. And because of things, big events that happen in our lives for individuals, maybe that really affects it. For some people, it might be the death of a loved one, or it could be a job change, or it could be a relocation and a move, or it could be an illness, or it could be a, a, a the, the, the healing of a disease. You know, there's all kinds of things that could shape our experience and make us hear things just a little bit differently. But this year, this year, more than perhaps any other year, I think that's a universal thing. We have all been shaped greatly by the events of this past year, the pandemic, which has gone worldwide and has affected so much. It has changed the way that we interact with one another. It's changed the way that we do our work. It's changed the way that we, that we uh, do worship. It's changed all kinds of things. Pretty much every aspect of life has been affected by this. Some dramatically and some in great, great difficulty. Some, maybe it's actually been a good thing that is coming out of it or it's moving towards a good thing. But either way, it's an utter disruption. And so I think maybe, just maybe, in light of so many things that are changing in our society and in our lives and in our own experience, maybe hearing this familiar passage is something that gives us hope, is something that gives us, gives us the ability to cling to in the middle of an ongoing difficult situation as we continue to move towards what will hopefully be a solution a few months down the road, but knowing that we're still having to get there and it's still affecting us in the meantime. And even though there's glimmers of hope, we're not there yet. Perhaps this familiar story, the story in which that which is divine, which God, that which is so utterly more than we are, humbles himself and becomes human. Not in order to, to show off, but in order to be found with the ones that God takes delight in. God knows throughout the course of this reality that this reality and we are broken and flawed, but God also knows that's not where our existence starts from. Our existence as human beings starts from a place of God's joy and delight. God takes delight in you. But because God also desires to be in relationship with you, to be able to live in harmony and not be hindered by the brokenness of this world, God knew that something needed to be done. And so God humbled himself to take on the, 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 the body of a human being, the life of a human being. God dwelled among us as one of us. And not only that, but he didn't just come up into, the, into our existence fully grown and, and fully manifested as Jesus. He came as a baby born to humble people in humble circumstances who were probably just thinking to themselves, please don't let this happen here. Please don't let this happen now. This is not the right time. And yet, God has blessed it anyway. As we move forward into another year, as we bring this year of 2020 to a close and move into a year that I think we all hope is going to be brighter, a year that we hope will be smoother, a year that we hope will just be better for all of us. May we cling to the same thoughts, the same hope, the same joy that apparently Mary held on to. May we treasure these difficult moments and yet still look to that which God has blessed and that which God has called good and that which God has done through this baby born today. 
Let us be like the shepherds and proclaim what God has done. And let us be like Mary and treasure that which God has done on behalf of each of us. Amen.